Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 178 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for checking out this episode. Uh, this round, we're going to be jumping into the tips for round 14 of the men's comp. I will have my guest joining me here in just a couple of moments, and uh, I will let you know we are recording this after the Carlton and Richmond game has been played, but we did send our tips to one another before the game was played, so... One of us is right, and one of us was wrong. Well, let's just put it this way. One of us grew up playing the game and uh, knows more about it than the, the one who is talking right now. So my guest got it right, and I did not. But we'll get into that in a moment. So don't forget, folks, if you're interested in getting a shout-out for your local footy club during an upcoming episode, drop me a note via email or shoot me a message over on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, or Instagram. I love being able to highlight the clubs. Uh, today's club of the episode is being sponsored by MickAussie.tv. And MickAussie.tv is run by Kim Harrison, or as he's known here in North America, Mick Aussie. And Mick has spent the last couple of decades running his sports comedy channel talking about the NFL, the AFL, the Canadian Football League, as well as the NBA and the NHL. And I've even heard him talk about Major League Baseball a little bit as well. He also appears regularly on Sports Grid TV with Gabe Morenci. And Mick was a terrific footy player in his own right in South Australia, as well as uh, spending some time in the Northern Territories playing as well. And this week's ep club of the episode is the Natamook United Rams Football and Netball Club. And Natamook Township is located about midway between Melbourne and Adelaide, 25 kilometers west of Horsham. And the Natamook United FNC is affiliated with the Horsham District Football Netball League, the HDFNL. And they've got uh, teams from the Seniors Reserves, the Under-17s, 14s, and Auskick. And this week, the senior side plays Kalki at the Natamook Showgrounds on the 18th. And they've been, this club has been in existence since the early 1930s. I couldn't find an exact date, but uh, I believe that I saw that their best and first best and fairest was from 1933. So I wish the absolute best of luck to the Rams this weekend. It's, it's really neat. Uh, sounds like uh, Natamook is a small community. And uh, as such, this is, I think that this is the hub around which much of that community is focused. And it was really, really fun to look through their website and learn a little bit more about the club. Again, this week's club of the episode was sponsored by MickAussie.tv. And check out his website, MickAussie.tv. And uh, I do want to thank Mick for, for sponsoring the club of the round or of the episode. Now, before we jump into the tips, and Mick's going to be joining me here in just a moment, I did want to take a uh, just a couple of moments to invite you to follow uh, one of the former guests that I've had on the podcast over on Instagram. And back in uh, December, in episode 116, I, uh, I I was fortunate to talk with a gentleman by the name of Michael Gallus. And Michael's a teacher, like I am, uh, but he has so many other irons in the fire, so many other things that he is doing. And it's just absolutely fascinating the work that he's doing and right now he has left uh the melbourne area and is traveling in the kimberley region of west australia and just the imagery the the pho photographs and the things that he has shared on instagram are, are stunning if you're here in the united states and you have not seen this type of imagery before or if you're somebody who you know, lives in a big city and does not get outside of the big city if you're even in australia i i think you're going to be just wowed by some of the uh the photographs that you see that he has shared there and i'm going to be inviting him back on the podcast to talk about his journey he's also the ceo of uh, footies for all that organization that works on distributing uh footies soccer balls other sporting equipment to kids in areas all over the world uh, if you haven't listened to episode 116 i I strongly encourage you to go back and check it out. Just was an absolutely fascinating gentleman. 
And uh, I do suggest that you maybe go back and check out his Instagram page, and it's just Instagram.com slash Michael Gallus, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-L-L-U-S. All right, and I am thrilled to welcome Mick Aussie from MickAussie.tv back to the podcast. He is well-rested. His accelerator foot is, uh, is no longer numb. Welcome back, Mick. Thanks for coming on today, man. Thanks, man. It's a great trip, but traffic on the way home just south of Red Deer, like we're banked up for miles and there's hardly any road work goes on. That annoys me. It feels like the highways department are messing with us. Well, but other than that, it was a great trip and got back about an hour ago. So ready to go. So that's not just uh, that's not just the United States where the uh, where the, the I think the national or the state tree in the state of New Jersey is an orange traffic barrel. I think that's actually the uh, the state tree is the, or is a traffic barrel there. Uh, if you're in if you're in New Jersey, you'll have to let me know about that. So, yeah, for those of you who uh, listened last week, you know when I talked to Mick, he was heading off to uh, a pretty significant uh, event uh, for his uh, television work in Banff. At, uh, is it a provincial park or a state uh, like a, a national park in in Banff? Yeah, it's a national park. Okay, so beautiful. Tell us a little bit about your week this week because you were gone for several days. Yeah, it started Sunday. It was fifteen hundred dollars a ticket, but well worth it. It was called the Banff World Media Festival, and there was a lot of high up executives from Canada and the USA, and some from even UK. There was a lot of amazing seminars. You could book in and get a round table with five or six other people to talk directly to a distributor or an agent. And then there was um, pitch sessions as well. And there were some famous actresses and uh, movie stars as well. So really well worth it. Probably over a thousand people there, some high up people and then young people trying to get a star as writers for tv and movies mm -hmm. a lot of positive energy and fantastic four days so who was the maybe you didn't talk to them but who was if, if you want to do some name dropping who's the most famous person that you saw that maybe you didn't get a chance to talk to then you know who did you get a chance to talk to well on the gala night the, it was hosted by julie black that's a african-american famous singer in canada that was really good and this lady that won an award, she's an actress that you would know. You see her in a lot of stuff as like, not the main lead, but she was in Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Adam Sandler's That's My Boy. And I'm going, wow, they're the, they're the guys that I need to get to to get them to watch my sports comedy movie. Mm -hmm. Her name was Anna Gasteyer. Mm -hmm. And I actually got, got a photo with her and had a chat. And I asked the first question in this seminar, and I got her to uh, tell a story about Jerry Seinfeld or Larry David. And she told a very funny story about when she was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And then the guys from a TV show that's done very well called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. And that's why I'm wearing my Kobe Bryant shirt tonight, because that was great to meet the actors that acted Magic Johnson and Kareem Kabul-Jabbar. Cool. Very cool. Now, did, what, let, let me be, ask a question here. Uh, the, the gentleman that uh, played Kareem, you know, because Kareem is seven foot three. Did they use some camera tricks to, to make this guy look taller in the show? Actually, no. I saw this massive guy, okay. <laughs> African-American guy at the awards. And I said, oh, it's got to be him. And it was. His name's Solomon Hughes. And then my friend that's a massive Lakers fan has already watched the first season. And he says the guy that plays Magic Johnson is absolutely brilliant. His name's Quincy Isaac. And I had a chat with him, got a photo. And I said to him, I said, hey, have they, uh, have they gone through yet when uh, Magic Johnson got AIDS? And he goes, oh, you mean HIV? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah I thought <laughs> the same thing. And he says, and I said, oh, because Phil Smythe, the captain of the Australian basketball team, when they played in the Olympics, he was the main outspoken person against Magic Johnson playing in those Olympic games. Oh. So that guy was great and had a good chat with him and a nice photo. So that's on my Twitter and Insta. 
Okay. Okay. And we'll definitely get your, uh, your, those, and I've got, I'll have those linked in the show notes as well. Um, so it was a successful weekend and you, you handed out a good chunk of your business cards. So <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. It was fun. It was fun watching your, um, your progression during your trip on, on your social media. And I, and I, and I, you know, a lot of people see you and they see you with the, you know, with the, the hat, with the footballs on it and such. But as I, I put on there, I said, you know, you clean up well, cause you, you, you when you're, when you were dressed up for that, you, you didn't, you don't look like you're looking like right now with the, with the hat and that sort of thing. I know that's your persona and such, and it, it's, it's what you've embraced and it, it's wonderful, but the hat didn't even make the trip to Banff, did it? It did. We okay. had a big we had a big party one Monday on the Monday night. Okay. And you had to dress up in a Canadian tuxedo, which is actually all denim. So I wore it that night and got some okay. great pictures with all the people wearing all denim. But interesting enough, I've done two shows as my international sports comedy show. And I'm actually as Kim Harrison in my jacket. And then I mm -hmm. crossed to my best segments as Mick Aussie. So I've kind of done like two characters in a couple of these uh, demo shows, obviously to promote myself for right, getting right. my own show on a big net, bigger network. Right. Yeah. So you, while you were, while you were gone and you were working on, uh, you know, making these connections and such with people, uh, the, uh, the AFL football had their hall of fame ceremony and named eight or nine, I believe nine new players, new people to the hall of fame. Uh, three of the names I was familiar with. Okay. You know, I, I'm, you know, of course I know who Matthew Pavlich is having played, you know, with, with the Dockers. you know, see him on television quite a bit. I remember reading about Russell Ebert, uh, Port Adelaide legend who passed away last year. And of course, you know, the legendary Nikki Winmar. But what are some of your memories of these uh these uh new Hall of Fame inductees that you know maybe even ones that I didn't mention? Well, first of all, Matthew Pavlich has played a lot when I was over here, so I haven't seen him play mm -hmm. much at home. But his dad or uncle is Steve Pavlich and Mark Pavlich, both played for the team that I supported growing up. West Torrens and I did a pre-season there under Steve Pavlich so I do know his father and or uncle I'm not actually sure which okay. one's his dad but they were good players for West Torrens in the SANFL before the Crows came in and then of course Russell Ebert we talked about it on the first show I went on with you mm -hmm. he is an absolute legend voted the equal first, second or third best players in the SANFL of all time, along with Barry Robin and Malcolm Blight. That's kind of general consensus. Legendary career at Port Adelaide, played a year or two at North Melbourne in his later career, went back, coached and played for Port Adelaide. And then Port Adelaide reappointed John Cale as coach, who also coached Collingwood, and thus... Woodville were looking for a coach because John Todd took the Eagles job. So thus Woodville appointed Russell Ebert coach in 88. And that's the year that I went to Woodville and played reserves and a few league games. So I played under Russell Ebert league and reserves for three years mm -hmm. and unfortunately died of uh, cancer probably three to four months ago. So mm -hmm. an absolute legend. It's, it's, it's too bad that he wasn't, you know, that he wasn't able to, to, to see himself being in, well, he, he'd been in the hall of fame already, but he was, he was elevated to legend status. And I, and I, I guess I, I'm going to ask because I don't, you know, cause I don't know the answer to this. I mean, this is, it's almost like, is it like, it's, it's like a separate wing, if you will, of the hall of fame where they're like, these, these, these athletes are just at the absolute pinnacle. Is that kind of what they're saying with that as far as, you know, having them as legend status? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I don't know all the people in it, but I know Malcolm Blight is in it. I believe Kevin Sheedy is in it. Um, so, yeah, you're dead right there, like a level above to be elevated. And the good thing is it's not the AFL Hall of Fame. It's the Australian Football, Football Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Mm -hmm. So that's good. So some of these people in Melbourne get a bit arrogant about, the VFL and the AFL being the all and all of it. No, it's the Australian Football Hall of Fame. And the other one I knew of was Michael Taylor, 
played very good football for Norwood in the SANFL, went across and played in Collingwood for quite a few years as well. So he was an absolute terrific player when I was growing up, younger, okay. watching uh, SANFL. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned, you know, what many people who are supporters in Adelaide or Perth or Brisbane or Sydney refer to. Well, and now uh, you got, I guess you could also say in, uh, in Tasmania about what they call the proverbial Vic bias. Uh, because, you know, we, we just saw a, uh, we just saw a young athlete who's, who's kind of become a, a, a face, certainly the face of his club. And, you know, in many cases, has kind of become the face of, of the league in many instances, Bailey uh, Smith getting suspended for two games for, well, he got suspended for two games for holding, holding up a, a baggie of, of powder of some sort. You know, we don't necessarily know what was in it. Neither one of us was there. I don't think anybody else that made the decision suspending was there. Uh, if he played for another club outside of Victoria, would that suspension have been longer, do you think? Well, the first thing is he's admitted to doing it, so mm -hmm. we know what was in right, we know right. what was in it, right? Right. Pretty obvious, and he's admitted to it. I wasn't happy with him headbutting. I, I reckon that's disgusting headbutting someone. So he got two games for that. He's talked about mental stress. Well, everyone's got mental stress. We know that. But yeah, sure, he's kind of, uh, we've got to give him the benefit of a doubt there and realize that he might be struggling with his fame. Because they were saying today he's got the most Instagram followers out of any AFL player, something like 300,000 or whatever. Wow. So the fame might have got to him, but it was believed he was kind of partying quite a bit after the grand final out mm -hmm. and about. So, you know, he's stupid for holding the uh, the on bag or whatever. We know yeah. what it was. Yeah. I mean, don't do that. There's cameras everywhere. Just be smarter. So good luck to him. Hope he learns for it. I'm kind of glad that he's been honest with it and admitted to it. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I hope that uh, this is his, you know, you know, that he's able to, you know, that he's been getting the help that he's needed because since he stepped away from the club, you know, before the, the season actually began um, and, you know, came in a little bit later, but, you know, I, and I was going, I was reading up a little bit on Willie Rioli and I know it's a different situation because from what I was able to gather, you know, Willie Rioli was out of the game for a couple of years, but supposedly he had actually tampered with a, like a, a urine sample when they were getting ready to test him. You know, I just, you know, it's a, uh, yeah. And, and, and are we going to get to a point in time where, because the NFL has seemingly begun to say, you know what, okay, pot, CBD stuff, we're just going to kind of, it's kind of like uh, if, you've ever, if any of you have ever watched the show The Wire, it's like season three of The Wire, where uh, Major Cole, and a spoiler alert, but it's been out for 20 years now, so I'm not really spoiling anything, where Major Colvin, uh, one of the police officers in, in Baltimore, takes certain parts of his city and moves all of the drug dealers to those parts of the city and says, here, you go, you go sell your drugs, use your drugs here. But if you come out of that area, we're going to hammer you like a two by four at a construction site. And, oh, wow. you know, you know, so it, I, I've watched the series a couple of times. I'm actually rewatching it this summer because I, you know, it's one of my best, one of my favorite series of all time. It's an HBO series called the wire, but I just, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, you know, had, had Brioli simply been for smoking marijuana and not done anything, what would his suspension have even been? And that, I guess I never really paid attention to what it was initially. Yeah, but, he, yeah. Um, he, uh, he did. He, he, he put Gatorade, I think, into his urine sample. So he, he doctored his sample, which is absolutely stupid. But there is a, you know, there's quite a bit of difference between marijuana and Coca, Coca, Coca Cola, right? You know what I'm saying? Or cocaine, so, yes. And let's be honest, <laughs> there's, there's a, there's, a, there is a bit of a problem in the AFL with that powder stuff, and yeah. I don't like it when occasionally these people are hiding behind the mental illness because of the 
Coca-Cola use. And I don't like that. Yeah. And they need to change that three-strike policy. And I just hope that a famous footballer a few years ago that went off on mental stress, I hope it was mental stress and not something else. Right, right. Well, I'm not well, getting into that because I could risk getting in trouble, not mentioning yeah. any names, but there was rumours, all right? So there were- the AFL needs to smarten up and get serious on uh, the use of, um, well, the Coca-Cola, right? Yeah, there was a player... And it, this has probably been about a decade ago in the NFL. Now he didn't use he didn't use Gatorade, okay? He didn't use Gatorade. He actually, and for those of you that live in Australia, you're going to go, "Holy crap! I didn't know this was even possible." He he purchased something online called, <laughs> if I remember correctly, a what was called a Wizenator. Yeah. Okay, and what it was, I'm just going to say what it was. It was ah. an, it, it's an artificial penis. <laughs> that he was able to actually preload with clean urine so he he walked in to the the place to to provide his urine sample he brought an extra penis with him okay that's all i can say and he got caught uh because of this and i think he got suspended for several more weeks because he had this thing and you know of course you know the the return policy on the Wizenator is, you know, once you've taken it out of the package, you're, you, can't, you can't get it returned. doesn't matter how much you clean the darn thing. That, that's, so, that's so funny, mate, because there was a player from the NFL that came up to Canada. I can't think of his name, but he did the same thing. Yeah. So I got, I didn't even know what a Wizenator was. So I started Googling it and I was just like amazed. I cracked up laughing and I couldn't believe what it was. Uh-huh. And Steve Elkington, the famous Aussie golfer that won a PGA, he was talking on the radio once. He goes, yeah, it's unbelievable. we got to hang our donk out and pee in front of these, these people. He just couldn't believe it. And then when he was, he said, and these Americans have got these wizardators. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, what's and, the world come to, eh? <laughs> and, and now it is forever, forever and a day it is in your search history. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, interesting decision-making, you know, uh, Jordan Degoe is spending the bye week in Bali on vacation. And I did notice a few people on Twitter that were questioning whether or not that was a really good idea on his part. That's a very stupid idea, especially after the trouble he got into in New York. Now, that was exaggerated. He never got suspended. But I've been to Bali. We went there on the last year I was at Woodville before they combined with West Torrens. And there's about 30 of us went there for a week in Bali. Like, it was a great trip. But many, many Aussies go there to party. Good surf beaches. We got motorbikes and went on some great bike trips and stuff. But, yeah, it's a big, well-known holiday mm-hmm. destination for Aussies. So he's stupid going there. He's allowed to, but yeah, especially yeah. when he's trying to get a big contract next year, like I wouldn't be surprised if we read something about him in the paper this <laughs> yeah. week. I hope not. I because you know that it's 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 fun seeing the turnaround of, of the Magpies this year because you know there it's you know, I'm not a Magpie supporter at all, but it's just yes you know, that club is 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 going to make things interesting before the uh, before before the season is up for some pe- for some people. So. Yeah, this is going to be a, uh, you know, kind of a, a slower week in terms of the, the games. Um, you know, we've only got six games. One of them has already been played. Uh, the Richmond Carlton game has already been played when we're recording this, but we did set our tips to one another. Uh, and I did say in my, in my opening, I said, one of us got it right. And that was the person who's grown up with this game, not the person that doesn't know a damn thing about it. So... <laughs> you got that you got it right you know you you said that you know dusty's a big out but lynch is a, is a big in um oh wait no did you actually did you tip the blues also i changed my pick i originally picked the tigers okay and then i started reading and i don't really like the tigers and my dad said the blues yeah. and uh, I changed my pick to the blues. So I, missed, no, I got it right. I missed the second to last line. Cause you know, you, you said that the tigers were favorites by four and a half points. Um, 
so yeah we were both wrong so if you if you're still listening after the introduction and the discussion about the wizenator uh well we both got this wrong so uh because i i tipped the uh the blues to win this one by eight i just thought you know uh you know having dusty out was going to be a, a problem and i and i honestly thought that the uh, the midfield of uh carlton was going to be too quick for the uh the midfield of of richmond and well didn't turn out to be the case so you know good on you richmond you, you the demo, you know the the reports of the demise of the richmond tigers have been greatly exaggerated at least for this year i think yeah they've got i think they've got one more one more arrow in the quiver to fire before they have to go and reload the darn thing. Well, don't feel too bad, mate, because the uh, podcast I listened to, to from Perth, Duff and Quarters, they both picked Carlton as well. Okay. So okay. don't I worry too better, much, buddy. mate. It was a tough one. I thought it could go either way. Yeah. So the game that's happening uh, tomorrow morning, our time, so Friday night at Marvel, is St. Kilda and Essendon. And St. Kilda's bringing in Hunter Clark, Jack Billings, uh, Nazia Wanganin, Malera, Ryan Burns. Uh, they're losing uh, Marcus Winhager. Mitch Owens is injured. Daniel McKenzie is injured. Uh, the Bombers are bringing in Annie McGraw, Braden Ham, And they're going to be without Darcy Parrish. They're going to be without Tom Cutler. Zach Reed is out. Alex Waterman is out. But they're also debuting one the, one of their picks from the midseason draft, and this is this is a name, and, and I have not seen a picture of of this young man, uh, but if if he looks anything like his name, he's going to have more followers than Bailey Smith on Instagram very soon, and that is Massimo D'Ambrosio. <laughs> Utah. Just sounds like he should be playing in the. Uh, I, I'm not a soccer fan, so he's in some European league is what he saw. What it sounds like. I mean, it's just that. That's just you know. That's kind of they've gone from Orazio to Massimo here. So I don't know if they you know picked him solely based upon his name, but he's already in the 22. So uh, you know, pretty impressive. So he's up at the ha- he's up at half forward with Archie Perkins and Mac Welfy. So what are you thinking about this one? Well, the Bombers, haven't they been so disappointing? Like, I picked them to just make the eight and had Dockers on the ninth position because I thought COVID might ruin Dockers' season. Well, I was mm-hmm. wrong there. Malthouse picked the Bombers to win the premiership. I think I said that last week. Yeah, yeah. Andy McGrath, the kid that grew up born in Canada, he's a good player, but Darcy Parrish is probably a little bit better. So they're down a bit there. They lost to the Blues last week. Saints Billings is a good player, and I'm a big fan of their coach. And I like the way they're running, run, run. So I like the Saints to win. They're favoured by 25 and a half points. I think they'll just maybe win by slightly more. So take the Saints to cover, probably win by about 28 to 30. But who knows? The Bombers might finally get smartened. Up and Stringer was told off by the coach, so they need to get their act together. The Bombers, my second favorite team, very disappointing. Now, I, I I'm not going to have you run through your list of your favorite teams like Gabe did on uh, on TV last week. Where he had you <laughs> run through the entire CFL. <laughs> I I'm going with the Saints as well. Yeah, I've I've got them winning this one by like 18 points. So like three goals here. So. We're both on board with the Saints in that one. And then you got uh, Port Adelaide hosting Sydney. And uh, you've got a couple of big outs for the for the Port Adelaide. Uh, what are they called again? <laughs> well, they're officially called the power. but I know, I know. B-A-P-S, you know what that means. Yeah. That's not a swear word. That's I not know. a swear word. I know, but they're going to be without, you know, Trent Dumont is out. Travis Boak is in uh, COVID protocol. Stevie Motlop has been dropped. And they're also going to be without Robbie Gray as well. So those are some pretty big outs for this side. They're bringing in uh, a debut with Bryn Teekle. Uh Jackson Meade's coming back in, and so is Georgiades. Lance Franklin, Harry Cunningham are coming back, coming back in for the uh, the Swans with Ben Ronke, uh Joel Lamarty, and Robbie Fox being ad- omitted. Uh, so, what are you thinking on this one? Well, it's Adelaide Oval, Boke 
big out. Robbie Gray hasn't been quite as good this year. Mm-hmm. Artis is good. I like him coming in. He's a good player. They lost to the Tigers last week. Well, they only got five wins for the year. They're in trouble. The Swans, obviously, Buddy coming in is great. Now, I went for the Swans, and then my dad said the power. But then about 2 o'clock in the morning, I get a text, and my dad says power's got a few out. He's going for the Swans. So I picked them initially. I'll stick with the Swans. Having the week off last week, they should Mm -hmm. be fresh. And if you've gone, what, 12 or 13 weeks and then you get that week off, you should come out fresh, get rid of all those little injuries. So I think the Swans, even in Adelaide, will beat the Port Adelaide Power Paps Miz. Yeah, I've got I've got Sydney winning this one by 15. I just think that they're too good of a side right now. You know, Port, they, they battled like hell to get back to level, but they've dropped two out of their last three. And I just, you know, I... Uh, I, I don't know if they're if they're going to be able to turn it around. You know, the, a lot of people talking about Ken Hinckley being gone after this year. Um, yeah, I hear I hear I've read an, a lot of people mentioning that uh, that maybe he's going to be heading up to uh, to GWS to fill that spot possibly. Mm, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one, I think. So. We're moving out west then to Optus for the Cats visiting the West Coast Eagles. Now, have you looked at the ends for this game yet? Yes, so I have. Okay, this is a, this is, you know, as a Cat supporter, I'm not real happy about this game right at this point in time because the Cats have had a tendency to struggle coming out of the bye. And West Coast is bringing in some very good veteran players that have not been, I mean, they're bringing in Dom Sheed, Elliot Yo, uh, Jack, uh, is it Petrolucci? I'm probably, I always get that one wrong. I always pronounce his wrong. Uh, Jermaine Jones, former cat, Jeremy McGovern's coming back in. Uh, they've got a, uh, debutante and rent, Rhett Bazo and Willie Rioli is back in. So they're bringing in several people that have premiership medals back into their side. As, as a cat supporter, I'm not real happy about that. <laughs> But, you know, as an AFL fan, I'm thrilled for the Eagles supporters to get more of their side back in. Um, the Cats are bringing in uh, Jake Cole-Jasney and Sam Managola. Uh, Quentin Narkel is going to be the medical sub. Brandon Parfit had surgery on his hand. Gary Rowan is, is ill again this week, so he's going to be out. I don't know. What are you thinking here? Well, McGovern is a great player. Sheed and Yo as well. And Willie Rioli, yes, he lived up to his name, didn't he, when he when he scammed that urine test? Damn, they got some good players. The Cats, well, men and goal is in. He's good. Rowan's up and down. I've actually underestimated your Cats, I'll be honest. A couple of times I've tipped against them and they have won. I think the Eagles and even the Cats, they still haven't adjusted as well as some of the other teams have to the run-on style of football. Mm -hmm. I saw it a year ago with the Eagles. Cats should win. They're favoured by 37 and a half now. It was 40 and a half. I think the Eagles will get closer to that. So Cats to win, Eagles to cover, maybe get uh, closer than the 37 and a half. Bit of a danger game, but until the Eagles win, I just can't pick them. Can't well, do it. Well, I'm 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 tipping the cats as well, but I'm I think it's going to be a heck of a lot closer than anybody thinks. I I, I tip the cats by just 13 points because right. I just I just they're flying out they're flying out west they're coming off their bye week. You know the Eagles are going to be buoyed by the fact that they're bringing all these you know they're they're getting close to being back at full strength and they're playing at home and their their supporters generally do show up come hell or high water so i I think this could be like as you said i think this could be a trap game for the cats but i'm still going to go with them to win this one by 13 but i just i'm i'm a little more concerned about this one than i was before i read the teams so yeah i don't blame you but uh i'll say the eagles lose by about 25 there you go Alrighty, then we head to Giant Stadium 
which I think, you know, the way things have gone this year there, you and I could probably each have our own section of stands to sit in by ourselves because they're not drawing much of a crowd up there, unfortunately. And they are hosting the Western Bulldogs and the Eagles. I'm sorry, the Giants are bringing back in Braden Proust, Nick Haynes. Uh, Ryan Angwin is debuting for them. They're going to be without Harry Perryman. Jake Stein's going to be the meta sub. Zach Sproul has been uh, omitted and Matt DeBoer has been injured. Uh, Bailey Smith is suspended. Uh, Lachlan uh, McNeil is omitted. Uh, Buku Kamas has been omitted. And Mitch Wallace is the meta sub for the Bulldogs with uh, Jason Johannesson coming back in, Josh Shackey coming back in. And last year's number one pick, Jamara Eugle Hagen getting back out on the ground for the Bulldogs. What say you, sir? Wow, this is a tough one. I've gone back and forward on this. Nick Haynes for the Giants. He's a beauty. He's one of my favorite defenders. You watch him. He just judges the ball so well. Has good disposal. The blonde head fella. Very good player. The new coach seems to have got them going a bit better, but they've only had four wins for the year. Mm -hmm. The Dogs. Well, they're favored by three and a half. Jason Johansson, well, we know him from winning the best player on the ground, the Norm Smith medalist when they won their premiership. Good to see the Eugle Hagen back in. These young forwards do take a bit longer to develop. Bailey Smith's a big out. I'm going to stick with the dogs. I just see them closer to the eight. They should bond together, really get together as a team, realizing that, hey, they're in the grand final last year and they really need to win this I think the dogs just, but I would not be surprised at all. My dad went for the Giants. The Perth boys were split on it. I'll take the dogs, but would not be betting the game. Put it that way. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I went with the Bulldogs by 10 on this one as well. I just, I just, you know, the, the Giants season, for, you know, for all intents and purposes, they, they, they pretty much need to, they need to run the table. They need to, you know, they're four, what, four and eight right now, if I'm not mistaken. Giants are, yeah, they're four and eight. They need to win the last, you know, 10 games of the season to really have a shot at, at finals, uh, or at least nine out of the 10 to get to 13 wins. So I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I just, I just think that they're, yeah, and again, you go back and you chalk this up to the poor decision-making of Toby Green last year. Yeah. You know, you, he missed the first six rounds this year. I mean, that that put them in a huge hole and i'm not saying they would have won all those games had he played but they might have won a couple more of them had he been in the lineup so i just i just think you know that the, the bulldogs i mean i had the bulldogs winning the grand final this year and they've got a you know they've got to battle their way back into the eight right now but i just it's uh i think they're going to win this one you know they're they're getting close to having uh josh bruce back in the side i think he was playing yeah. uh in the VFL this week. So it's, it's, it's getting close to where they're going to have, you know, the, the, uh, the entire band back together, if you will. So, and then the, I think it's the, the last game of the weekend. This is the one I actually jotted the most stuff down about also at Metricon, you got the gold coast suns hosting your Adelaide Crows. <laughs> You've got uh, Elliot Himmelberg, Jordan Butts, and Josh Rochelle coming in for uh, the Crows. Elijah Hollins is debuting for the Suns. Uh, Sam Flanders, Sean Lemons is coming back in. Jack Bowes, as well as Levi Casbolt coming back in. Lockie Weller, of course, is out after hurting his knee last week. I did have, I did have a, a Sun supporter reach out um, and tell me that he actually he had actually flown up to the game in Darwin to watch the game and was in the airport waiting to get on the flight with the, I think it was the same flight the Suns were on. And he ran into Lockie Weller in the airport after the injury and said he was in really good spirits and such. So, you know, this is a, uh, this is a you know, club that a lot of people are in the AFL offices, I think are hoping can make a final so they can go see, this is why we put all that money into it. Yeah, absolutely. There are six wins for the year. So they're two wins out of the eight. I've got them to win. They're 28 and a half point favorite. Both teams off the bye. Well, the Crows, Jordan Butts, 
the whole crows and the coaches, they need to kick up the butt. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Butts is a good player. I'm still not happy with the crows, coaches and the hierarchy. Some of the decisions I've made over the last few years, pretty bad. Himmelberg, he's all right. He did all right earlier in the year, but he's still up and down. Josh Rochelle, he needed a bit of a rest, but he's had a good first year. Remember his first game? He kicked five goals, I yeah, believe. Yeah. He's got skill and class and confidence. So I do like Rochelle. I've got the Suns winning, but the Crows might cover. So I think the Suns by about, uh, say, 26 points. If the ball's really wet and uh, humid, that really does help the, the Suns. And they're going along nicely. And I do. I hope they uh, keep going and maybe sneak in the eight. I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I I, I would love to see that happen. Uh, and, and, I, and I know I'm not the... Yeah, I know there are a lot of uh, footy fans out there that are, you know, we're at this point in time where, you know, there's this push to bring a club to Tasmania. And a lot of folks that are saying, you know, well, they should have done that before they put a team on the Gold Coast or they before they brought in GWS. But that horse has left the barn. You can't, you know, you can't go back to undo that already there. But, uh, you know, if this is just, you know, I find myself doing a lot of what ifs, you know, what would, what would their season be like if Ben King hadn't hurt his knee? I mean, this is a this is a club that has got a really really good key forward who's you know rehabilitating an injury that that if they keep this group together and I did I did read some things today that it sounds like uh, uh, Lacocious and Isaac Rankin are just about ready to sign extensions with the Suns if they're able to do that and King comes back next year and they have another solid draft this could be a pretty darn good club here very soon and and do you think that that the Gold Coast could become a destination club? Well, I don't know about that, but you're dead right. You've got to keep that core group of young kids that are showing potential. You've got to keep them together. And I actually hope they do keep winning. I hope Stuart Jew keeps his job. Mm -hmm. So it's all looking good. But they've started well in past years, but this year they've continued on and they really have done quite well. So big fan. Now that they're there, that the AFL is not going to get rid of them. I'm not that keen on a new team going to Tassie, like we said last week. I think mm -hmm. North Melbourne need to be transferred there. But, hey, that's a decision that might come down sooner than later because it's yeah. a lot yeah. of talk, you know? Yeah, that's uh, – although, I, you know, I've also heard people – and, again, I don't know all of the finances of the clubs, but it sounds like – it sounds like the Ruse are in a better financial situation than St. Kilda happens to be in. So some folks have said that maybe it would be St. Kilda that would end up making that move. Well, no, I did hear today that one reason that North Melbourne are in a better financial situation because they get money from the Tasmanian government for playing games down there. So well, there you go. There you interesting, go. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And apparently they also now really want to be called the North Melbourne Kangaroos, stipulating that they are the team in the north of Melbourne to try and dig in a little bit and uh, say, no, we're staying. But I agree. I don't agree with the 19th team. No way. Now, I guess I should – I don't. I didn't say who I was tipping in this game yet, others, but I, I am going to go with the Suns on this one, and I've got them winning it by 14, so – you know, we've got a we got a shorter round this week. We get back to a, a full nine game uh, fixture next week, and I I know there's I know the, I think the first game of the round next week is uh, Melbourne and Brisbane, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be you know the Max gone foot injury. You know, is just I mean, are, are the wheels are they just falling off in Melbourne right now? That's unbelievable. Yeah, you're right. Thursday, 3.20 Mountain Time. So that's early morning, your time. Mm -hmm. I'll be and up. yes, didn't Max Gorn, eh? It's sad he's injured, but he ripped into... He wasn't happy with that little Magpie's new player, Ginovan, mm -hmm. Ginovan or whatever his name yeah. is. So that kid needs to smarten up. Because if he starts causing trouble and all the players on Collingwood, they're going to get sick of sticking up for him. So he needs to smarten up that kid. Well... I guess as long as he doesn't go to New York or Bali, he probably could still be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess you know, if you're going to, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to talk the talk, you better darn well walk the walk. Right. You know, you better, you know, that's uh, that, when I was in the Navy, uh, there, the, the, my company commander used to say something to the effect that uh, 
that you you know you sh you shouldn't you shouldn't let your mouth write any checks that your butt can't cash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no so, kidding. Yeah. So um, there's our tips for round fourteen. I I I, I hope your team wins, uh, unless they're not playing. Uh, Colleen, what I hope your team wins, which means that your your uh, your your forward comes back without having made the news. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see what happens there. So Nick, where can people find you, sir? Uh, TV. that's M-Y-K-A-U-S-S-I-E.tv and Ozzy, two words or one word on Twitter, everywhere, Instagram, Facebook. So I got a lot of good content geared towards the North American market. And I got to, as I say, North American market and US, I've got to mention big Mason Cox, eh? Got mm -hmm. second best on ground in the game against uh, the Demons. Oliver got the award. Mason Cox got the coach's vote. So great to see the big fella back playing good footy because he nearly didn't make the team this year. Right, right. And the most successful American ever to play AFL, the big Mason Cox. That was good to see. I do have to say that I, uh, I, I do appreciate the irony of the American playing so well in the Queens game, the Queens birthday game. <laughs> I do appreciate that. You know, it's, uh, it's just that little rebel in us that, 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 that kind of really enjoyed that. Now I know, I know he's, uh, I believe he's becoming a, an Australian citizen this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I did read that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah, it was, it was a great show on his part, you know, and, uh, you know, before we wrap up here, you know, you look at what's going on with, uh, with Collingwood and, you know, the, the, you know, both he and uh, the other ruck forward is escaping me right now. That his name, my check. No, 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 no. The uh, young kid. Um, it, his name's escaping me right now. But I'm just, I'm just having, a, I'm having a brain fart. Doesn't, uh, doesn't really matter. But they're both playing at at such a good level that, yeah, I'm sure that the the Magpies are having discussions. You know, what do we do with Brody Grundy's contract? Who can we, where can we send this thing? Yeah, well, uh, you, they might do something where they retain part of the salary, which often happens over here in sports. But right, right. Uh, yeah, he's on uh, 950, I believe, something around that. Yeah, pretty. Well, he was now. a good player, but yeah, he signed the big contract. And he hasn't been quite as good. He's a South Australian boy, played for Norwood in this NFL. Okay, okay, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just. It's going to make for an interesting. Uh, off season this year because i think it's i think it's going to be an interesting one this year with the uh with all of the different um player movement that's going to be going on here and i'm just i'm i'm just talking here as i'm running through here to try to look at the uh looking at the names there it's uh darcy cameron was the name i was looking for yeah that was the name i was looking for there who's done a nice job you know filling in for him along with uh along with Mason Cox, you know, and Cox might end up, you know, staying out there in that position and you, and you could see him maybe having another, you know, three or four years being able to kind of be that ruck forward, you know, being able to go, cause he kicks the ball very straight when he's, when he takes set shots, he does a pretty decent job with that. Yeah. You know, it's going to be hard to outmark him. And as he grows and learns the craft of, you know, of, of the hit outs, you know, Todd Goldstein's 34, you know, Cox is 31. He doesn't have the mileage on his legs that, that, you know, Todd Goldstein has. So you might get another three or four good years out of him in that position. Then I'm, I'm so impressed with Mason Cox, how he works so hard, even to just learn how to handle and learn mm -hmm. how to kick. Cause he wouldn't have even touched an Aussie footy till he was what, I don't know, 19, 20, 21. And it takes years and years and years to get very good disposal. And if you haven't seen a game live, right, TV right. doesn't do it justice. Like yeah. when you see an AFL game live, it's kind of like any sport. It's so much quicker. And there's millions of kids in Australia trying to get to the AFL. So these guys, their hand and foot skills you got to be lightning quick these days in the AFL. And I really noticed it when I went back to Australia about 10 years ago and I saw the Crows play the Sydney Swans at Football Park. And I said to my mate, Desi O'Dwyer, I said, wow, hasn't the game quickened up? Like it mm -hmm. really has. It's so quick and skillful. You don't get the true indication watching on TV. Yeah, that's and I'm just going to have to take your word on it because I've not been there to do that yet. But hopefully... Hopefully it's going to happen. Well, Mick, hey, 
this was a lot of fun, sir. I, uh, I'm glad you had a great time with your, uh, your seminar in Banff. I hope, I hope you get some phone calls or some emails here pretty soon. I hope you get, uh, you get some positive results out of that. And, uh, yeah, it, hopefully this paid off for you in, in, you know, in, uh, in a lot of good contact. So Mick, thanks for coming on today, sir. Thanks for sponsoring the club of the episode. Uh, this was great fun. All right, yeah, enjoy watching the footy this weekend. I'm at the CFL tomorrow, Saturday night. I've got a CFL game here, so Aussie footy and CFL going together. I love it. Thanks, man. Good Outstanding. You, you bet, you bet. And before I wrap up, Rick Shabani, happy birthday, sir. Hope you've had a fantastic day. If you head over to my website, ayankonthefooty.com, you can find everything that you need relating to the podcast and links to all of my socials on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, uh, LinkedIn as well. Um, and you can also get signed up for the mailing list so that when a new episode comes out, it is in your inbox within about a minute of when it gets released. So I strongly encourage you to uh, to go ahead and, and do that. It would be a huge help. You can also leave a review. If you are somebody who's interested in being a guest on the podcast, I would love to talk to you. If you've got a great footy story, you can sign up and register as a guest over there. You can drop me an email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find all of my socials listed in the show notes for this episode. Again, folks, look out for one another. Give your friends and family a call. Check up on them. Make sure that they're okay. Find out that they're, you know, that that everything is is going well for them. Okay, folks. And I do want to thank you for your continued kind words and uh, support. Uh I kind of put something out on social media this week on my Facebook page, on my regular Facebook page, not the podcast page that, uh, that I had not, I kind of alluded to it before, but I've, uh, I've been going through a little bit of a health issue and have, have dropped some pretty significant weight in the last, uh, 10 months. And I just wanted to put it out there to just let people know to maybe kind of help hold me accountable as I'm going through this journey. Cause I'm nowhere near done. Okay, I'm nowhere near done with what I need to be doing as far as is losing the weight that I'm losing. I'm, I'm thrilled with where I am right now, but I know I've got a long way to go. And as I said, I appreciate all the kind words and the encouragement from all of you folks. Again, enjoy this final bye week round. We're back to nine full games next week. Excited about that. And as always, may your dribble kick never, ever, ever hit that post. I will catch you later. been episode 178 of a yank on the footy don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on twitter or to yank on the footy gmail.com you can find me over on facebook just look for a yank on the footy podcast and on instagram a yank on the footy i'm also over there on linkedin as well and i do hope you'll check out the website a yank on the footy.com get signed up on the mailing list you can leave a review over there if you want to pick up any podcast here you can certainly do that as well i do hope that you will share the episode or just a link to the podcast with your footy-loving friends. Tell them about it. The word of mouth is a huge help. I cannot thank you enough for doing that. And, folks, thanks for listening. And as always, until next time, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye. <laughs>